0: Download the new Bumble now. Hi everybody and welcome to Who Did What Now, the history podcast that's not your history class, Biddy the little bits of history that don't quite fit anywhere else. With me, your host, Katie Charlewood, history harlot and reader of books. So my voice still hasn't fully returned, obviously, and I'm I'm not feeling great, but I'm hoping you find this voice very mmm alluring and sexy. But yeah, it's just been a bit of a it's been a bit of a week. But look, here's a Betty Sword. Haven't had one of these in a while, and it's festive, yay! It's it's. <laughs> It's one of those things. So I've been trying to um, do a lot more work for the podcast. And I have some plans for some really fun stuff in the new year. And it's it's a lot of, I've taken a lot of notes. And I want to be able to do stuff when my brain and voice are working in tandem. You know, instead of just, I'm going to say coasting, coasting. So, I had some amazing, brilliant reviews, actually, from some of you. And I was hitting, like, number 20 on, like, the UK pedestrian Spotify chart, which is amazing. I mean, it would be amazing to go higher if people would just rate me on Spotify and then share me with all their friends and make them listen to me. I'm just, I'm just giving you options. (laughs) And I had, like, two people reach out to me about, like maybe helping me find an agent which would be really nice because I really think I need one because things are things are progressing and I think I need an agent so that I can make money so that I can pay an editor to make this just a better quality like podcast because it's it's tough when it's just me recording in my pajamas curled up under the covers in my bedroom listen it's fucking baltic here it's so cold and there's like ice warnings here well yeah there's an orange weather warning which is super fun and not at all an inconvenience to the point where i actually have to stay like an hour away in the town where i work so i actually have to stay there overnight on friday because otherwise it's like a stupid o'clock morning bus i have to get and there's no guarantee that I'll get to the bus or that the bus will make it through at that time in the morning because of all the frost and ice and snow. So that's that's a super fun thing. Uh luckily luckily I I think I might have that covered. I might have somebody stay. And if I don't, I'm just going to have to fork out for a hotel room. Even though I spent all my money buying Christmas presents for my kids, but it's fine. It's fine. Everything's fine. Shh, don't panic. But I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, quit that jabber jabber. In fact, me, in fact, you. Yeah, I will. But first, we've got to get our source on. Our sources are Christmas and the Crosshairs, two thousand years of denouncing and defending the world's most celebrated holiday by Jerry Bowler, Dickens and the Construction of Christmas. By Geoffrey Rowell, The Lords of Miss Rule, The Puritans' War on Christmas, by Chris Durston, and Yuletide Outlaws, by Rachel Schnepper. Are you sitting comfortably? Good, then let's begin. So let's talk about the origins of Christmas, yeah! So here's here's the fun fact, as context, as a beginning baseline, Christmas is not a biblical holiday. Holy day. Holiday. Holiday, holiday. Ah, see what happened there? Yeah. So, Christmas is not a biblical holiday. It's It's not. It is a public holiday. It is a federal holiday. It is a secular holiday, but it is not a biblical holiday. We need to keep that in mind before we go into the rest of this because pal you can read the bible cover to cover you can whir through those leafy pages but no nowhere in the bible does it state that christmas is a biblical holy day nor that it should be so that should give some context to why things kind of went the way they did for a while so to start off Christmas wasn't always celebrated on December 25th it wasn't until like 300 years after Jesus died that Pope Julius, I think it was Julius was all like, "No, that's that's when Christmas is going to be this exact time which just so happens to coincide with this pagan festival of Saturnalia so like the birth of Christ was celebrated as like January 6th March 29th And June sometime. Like, it it was kind of all over the shop, you know what I mean? And then Pope Julius is like, no, 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 no. This is, it's going to be this day. It's going to be this day. So, usually, when something like that happens, when you sort of take, like, a particular festival or a particular tradition, and you try and take it over, you usually adopt bits of said tradition. Kind of like how Easter... Which is, you know, the first Sunday after the third full moon after the winter solstice. You know, it's kind of a reason why it's that weirdly specific time. And it's all about eggs and baby birds and fertility and all that kind of bunnies. Baby birds? Why did I go baby birds? Eggs. Fucking eggs, right? And bunnies, because they're always shagging in springtime. You know, back to Christmas going off on a ramble. Don't take cough sir, before you start recording it. It usually doesn't end well. So a lot of the sort of pagan festivities uh, they just kind of carried on sort of intertwining with sort of Christian stuff. So prior to the Victorian era like the celebration of Christmas was very much sort of Christian, Roman Catholic, Anglican, like Lutheran even. It was very, it was very much a purely religious celebration. celebration. And like through the medieval era, there was just some just fucking weird ass shit going on. So there's this one, one feast, which I think we should bring back because it's fucking hilarious. And it's called the Feast of the Ass not what you're thinking of it's the other one no no the other other one yeah okay so so the feast of the donkey basically celebrated all donkey related bible stuff no I'm not fucking joking it was all about like the donkey leading like the holy family and a flight to Egypt and getting them into like Bethlehem and all this other malarkey so all good donkey bible stuff this was a celebration of it it sort of was like a derivative of the feast of fools and it was like really really popular in France and it became like a massive massive thing from like the 12th century up until I think the 15th and so what would happen is they would get a donkey like an actual donkey he would be or she like I don't know the gender of the donkey involved actually that would that's presumptive of me so The donkey is led in this procession through the centre of the wee French town all the way to the local church. Like, where, like, an actual religious service is happening. So they bring the donkey in and they bring the donkey up to the altar and he's, she, it, they, they. The donkey is there for the entirety of the service and everyone in the church responds to the donkey so every time the donkey is like hee-haw everyone in the church the entire congregation hee-haws and responds. hee-haw hee-haw like like regardless like they could be doing prayers of the faithful or i don't know letters of saint paul to the corinthians who are just they never wrote back it just feels mean at this point but yeah so the 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 donkey would be celebrated and and then after the donkey you know leads the fucking church like the mass run by a donkey effectively i mean the priest is there but he's, he's not really relevant. And these massive fucking parties would follow, And they would be so wild. And they'd be such debauchery that it got to the point that, like, the Feast of the Ass was just banned. Like, in villages and towns all over France. Because they were like, we, we can't handle this. Fuck this, we're game of soldiers. No, you can't be doing this. It's, it's too much. It's just too much. So that gets banned and that's gone, and then you've got the Lords of Misrule. Now, this one ran, I think, up until I want to say Henry VIII. So, the Lord of Misrule was like basically a jester or a clown or you know, comedy gold. They would be in charge. So they would become mayor or ruler or, I don't know, mayor? Mayor seems incorrect. But they would become, like, in charge of the city or the town or wherever they were and they would just be the boss and everybody would just have to follow their rules. Kind of like wife swap, but with a jester instead of a wife and with, you know... An entire town full of citizens instead of just a family. So yeah, like that. And they would basically make them do all sort of weird, funny shit. But like maybe putting a jester in charge is is not the best idea. Because this is going to surprise you. But shit got out of hand real fast. And, and, and here's the thing. If you think that putting a jester in charge was bad... Imagine putting a three-year-old in charge. Oh no, that fucking happened. Like, so... So, you know how so far all of these have involved social inversion? Where it's like flipping the sort of rows of society on its head? This was very much part of the Saturnalia Festival. Sometimes a donkey will lead a congregation. Another time, a jester will run a fucking town. Or a child will become a boy bishop and be the head of the church for the day Like they they, they elected them they would elect a child always a boy obviously because you know misogyny but at one point they were electing like fucking toddlers now they can barely control their own sort of bowel movements let alone emotions and you think this is who we want running the show it, it needless to say, this did not usually end well, although much less debauchery, which I I think is I don't even know if that's a good thing or not. Like, the Lord of Misrule and things like that, that was banned by Henry VIII. He was like, no, not keen on this. And, like, Mary had brought it back in, Mary I, and then when Elizabeth came in, she banned it again. She was like, fucking no, that's gone. The Anglicans, man, super not into it. But, like, back in the day, Christmas wasn't just mumble things under your breath in cold buildings and also eat a giant piece of meat. It was it was a big fucking festival it was a party it was like drinking and feasting and merriment and boozing and probably fucking and it was it was Mardi Gras right it was just raucous and raunchy and debauchery and just a good fucking time for those who wanted to have it and and because it was such a massive celebration like became very um looked down upon by by the church and by christians and by puritans actually so the real war on christmas was started by the puritans because they're the ones who fucking banned it christians banned christmas okay so you've got on one hand oliver cromwell who doesn't he isn't Fun is just not in his vocabulary. I mean, banning Christmas is probably the least bad thing he did. Just saying. But still, not cool, Oliver. Not cool. So when the Puritans take over, and, you know, they've cut off Charles I's Head, and everything is just, you know, unpleasant. You know, there's no singing, because that's bad. There's no merriment, because that's also bad. Because it's a sin. Smiling is probably a sin. I don't fucking know. They don't like anything. Joy is a bad emotion and a bad feeling. Apparently, suffering is the only way to exist, which kind of sounds a wee bit similar to what some Christian teachings say. But that's neither here nor there. Ew. So, <laughs> so when Cromwell, you know, takes over, he's like, "Fuck Christmas. Not nah, not having it. No merriment. No joy." No fun, no parties, no nothing. None of it. And and then over across to the colonies the Puritans over in I wanna say Massachusetts. Yes, yes. On the eleventh of may, sixteen fifty nine, the Massachusetts Bay legislator just straight up bans Christmas. So yes, both sides of the Atlantic, the Christians ban christmas they're just like fucking no none of this we don't like your feasting your drinking your excess you know all the stuff that goes with it and it's only when king charles ii when he comes back that he just starts like reinstating the celebrations he's like no bring back partying because it's he's the merry monarch you know it's all good and in america it wasn't until like post 1776 Uh, When the US, America, Northern America, wait. The United States of America became independent. It was only there that, you know, they really started celebrating Christmas again. And like for a good number of years, you could be fined like five shillings for celebrating Christmas. If you were caught celebrating Christmas, they'd fine your ass. But anyway. Back to the UK. By the time we get to the 1700s, the Christmas carolers are, I'm going to say, a rowdy bunch. I mean, when I say rowdy, I mean aggressive. So, what they would do is they would just show up at your house and they would demand it, kind of like whistling or or mummering and things like that, kind of from that sort of vein. Like the thing is when it came to like the halloween version of it when they would show up and they would demand things you know it was was more of a oh we better protect ourselves from the spooky things and give you the shit more of a kind of understanding whereas this was a tad more aggressive um because they would threaten to break into your house steal your shit beat you up kill you assault you in many different ways uh you know you know if they didn't get what they wanted and what would happen as well is that because some conniving groups because there's always some is they would literally use like carol singing as a ruse so they could you know just rob people steal over shit and kill them because you know multitasking but yes, in the 18th century, carol singers, men, they were all men, usually, a wee bit tipsy, at the very least, they would go from house to house, you know, threatening, destroying the property, like, breaking all their shit, and also singing songs, demanding stuff. So, like, you know the Christmas carl, it's like, um, give us some figgy pudding, and it's, we won't stop until we get some. Yeah. That that's because they're like, feed us or we will wreck your shit. Which is a little bit more, more aggressive than one would like. And yeah, they would basically destroy stuff. Because if you didn't, you know, give them what the fuck they wanted, a lot of the times they would just break your door down, come inside, steal your shit and just go on their merry way and this was such a huge problem that like the church actually intervenes so you have ministers doing sermons and they're complaining that you know caroling leads to like violence and wantonness and chambering um they mean shagging fucking screwing you know because if you're if you're singing songs and drinking wine you're just going to fuck around Hopefully consensually. Because if it's consensual, it's okay. If it's not, then you deserve to have your ghoulies put through a mincer. Anyway. By the time we get to the Victorians, uh, this sort of Christmas resurgence takes place. And most of it is due to fucking Charles Dickens, who is just an awful human being. But damn did he help Christmas. So, it basically changed the concept of Christmas from being this drunken party for dudes into sort of being more evolved around like family and friends and all that kind of goodness. Goodness? Goodness. And Charles Dickens did that. And that's why, like, a lot of Christmas stuff is associated with snow because Charles Dickens grew up in Victorian England, which is, you know, cold as fucking snowy in the winter and he like reminisced about it and you know there we go and that is where the whole christmasy sort of turnabout happened and where it went from like a big partying crazy raucous rave for dudes it became more like family based and all that kind of jazz like the christmas tree itself was like a german tradition and it was brought in by like queen victoria and albert and it you know, and so obviously, if they're doing it, everyone else is going to do it too, because you know, it, it, they were the celebrities of their day, really, when you think about it, and so, yes, that is a, a bunch of random information about Christmas. Ah, uh, I hope you liked me talking about festive things, and that I made some coherent sense, I do hope. Now remember, if you liked this, or even if you didn't like it, maybe you just feel sorry for me. <laughs> I'm sick. Help me. Uh, go, and go and review and rate five stars on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. If you're on Apple Podcasts, just write something in the review box. Doesn't matter what you say. You could tell me your favourite Christmas cracker joke. It doesn't matter. I'd say it's not for my ego, but it is a little bit because I like hearing nice things about me. Because I um, a glutton for attention. So that's just, that's just how it is. Um, <laughs> and don't forget, you can follow me on TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, if Twitter still exists. Um, I'm either who did what no pod or Hooded did what no PD because that's that. If you want to donate towards, um, the show surviving into the new year, uh, you can always go to, um, Paypal.com and donate to who did what now pod at gmail.com. Also, links are in the description down below. Also, trying to think now. Yeah, if you're on social media, uh just DM me because I will probably respond. Sometimes I have trouble responding to comments because there's just so many of them and if I don't like designate a certain amount of my day to it, it's just not happening. So that's a fun thing trying not to cough so badly my voice is really going anything uh, else I want to say uh, uh, go watch Letter Kenny if you don't watch it already it's my current comfort thing they're nice and short episodes and they're easy to consume Um, especially in this cold dank weather so I will chat to you next week which is I'm so proud of next week's episode because I've been working on it for so long I'm so proud. And I will chat to you then. Adios. Au revoir. Au revoir, my friends. Bye-bye.